I want to jump back to the Gophers. You said yeah. you didn't get to play as much in kind of that situation, but mm-hmm. what you learned from that? And so that that was the biggest blessing in disguise because it. what I always tell people now learning from it was obviously I knew I wasn't going to benefit the team with with getting points on the board on the field. But the guys that were on the field, it was my job every single week on scout team, on on whatever they needed me to help them. That's how you uplift your team and you become mm-hmm. a team player and you lose your ego because, again, you can say you're a, are a college football player and people think you're a god, but then you look into it and they're like, well, you wait, you have – I always tell people I have, uh, I, I have records at the University of Minnesota. And they go, what records do you hold? And I say, well, least rushing yards <laughs> in a <laughs> career. And, and they go – wait, so you didn't play? I'm like, nope, but I helped all these guys that are in the NFL get a better experience and get better. Mm. And again, I take pride in that. So I know, and it's funny, but there's so much you can learn from that, man. And like, I had a ton of ego stuff going when when playing football and my career didn't pan out how I wanted to. I was fortunate to play a lot and get into the national championship and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it wasn't near the player that I thought I was going to be or like this crazy stud. And there's so much that I learned from that experience and going to St. Thomas and learning life skills and getting immersed in a team and mm-hmm. and not, you know, having other receivers do better than me and all that stuff. So there's a lot that you can learn from it. I think those experiences are very valuable. 100%. 100%. I agree. So you found Ryan Engelbert mm-hmm. and you started ETS. You're the director of ETS Rochester, mm-hmm. right? Uh what you know? What does that mean to you? What's what's life like for you over there? It means the world, man. I mean, because it finally clicked where I'm not going to be working these small jobs, not full time, not making money. Like I have an opportunity at a career, and so hmm. I owe Ryan obviously a huge, um, a huge debt for the rest of my life because again, he's given me the opportunity to be in, be independent within the business as far as put the pressure on me um, to again make it a success and. And um and make of it what I need, but again, it's 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 he's, he hasn't given me a job; he gave me a career, mm-hmm. and so again, it's it's a huge blessing, and, and I'm super thankful. Yeah, man, it's really cool what you guys are doing and mm-hmm. and what you're building and the impact you're making every day. Like, what is one of your favorite things about working with these kids and training? The biggest thing is, I mean, again, people come from different backgrounds, different walks of life, and I've realized that you're going to play a lot more roles than just performance coach when you're in that setting and so what I mean is I've got like I said 165 athletes that I see on a weekly basis and from them some of them might not have a father figure at home so Mm. I have to be that authoritarian type person who is going to teach them discipline teach them consistency teach them hard work and things they're not getting at home other people they just want a performance coach so I'm going to give them the best training they're possibly going to get um, some people, again, want, they want to maybe play a little bit more on their, their varsity team or make the team and just become more athletic and just have a good experience in high school. So again, I'm going to provide that experience for them and give them the tools necessary to help them achieve that. And so the biggest thing has been, I mean, I just love the, the, different, the different roles that I have every day and, and what I mean to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take great pride in that and I take it very seriously where... Again, I have kids texting me and saying, hey, I need a pep talk. And knowing that they had chosen me out of anyone else that they know, a parent, um, a best friend, they, they asked me to kind of uplift their spirits. Like, that's something that if I didn't have this career, this profession, I would have never had the opportunity to help people with. And, it, and it's very unique. And so I just love the, the different roles that I play for people. Um, I just think that's super special. 
It's awesome, man. It keeps you something to strive for. 100%. One of my favorite quotes is, be the person you needed when you were young. Yes. And that's basically what you're doing now for these kids. Man, I love that quote. I need to write that one down. Yeah, that's it, though. I mean, that's kind of everything I try to do and everyone I'm trying to be is to just kick the kid who is 16 in the head and say, hey, do that. You know, yeah. we needed to do this. So yes. if you can give that back to the next generations, man, that's so awesome. Yes. That's what it's about. All right, welcome back, everybody. We got Jake Kirsch in the house. Woo, it's a good one. Uh, Jake is the director of performance over at ETS. He is a golden gopher, and man, the guy is just jacked. Oh my gosh, he can throw around some weight. He's a powerlifting, a very in tune with training and performance, and if anything, he just knows how to get after it. So I really appreciate the mindset. Uh, we're just gonna get right into it. Uh, we got Jake Kirsch today. Let's go. Basically, my whole entire life, I've grown up in Rochester. Um, I went to John Marshall High School where I played football and baseball. And um, when I was at JM, I mean, I was just like kind of a lot of people in our circle. I was a gifted athlete, um, really enjoyed football. Baseball was something I just played forever. But I always knew football was going to be kind of kind of my thing. And so, I mean, as I, as I grew up, um, I, I really realized that obviously through football, um, that was going to get me where I needed to go. But it was more so the kind of the work ethic of it and the and the, the the performance aspect where it's like, hey, I'm kind of the meathead in the weight room. I'm a, I'm a quarterback, but my coaches call me a linebacker. Like it was one of those where, um, again, I kind of found my found myself through sport and through through the weight room. But anyways, and you were a quarterback in high school. I was three year starting quarterback. Yeah, and, and a big boy hey like man, five ten and some change. I always put five eleven on the uh, on the oh yeah on the program. But yeah, so I was a three year starting quarterback. Um, we sucked our first two years, senior year, we actually turned it, um, put it together, but, um, yeah, I mean, so anyways, after high school, um, I really obviously wanted to go play college football and I didn't have the recruiting footage or the film mainly due to our, our coaches not having the connections. And mm. I mean, it was, it wasn't very popular for someone to come out of junior or come out of, uh, John Marshall and go division one or high end division two, maybe. And so. I had a lot of Division three schools calling and wanted me to play football and baseball just because I was a good athlete. I wasn't going to thrill you on the, on the diamond. But, mm-hmm. again, I was a good athlete, and I relied on speed and, and just being a competitor. Yeah. But, anyways, um, I ended up going to junior college for two years. And so it's funny because the initial um, thought of junior college is like, well, how bad were your grades or how much trouble did you get in as a kid? <laughs> and it's sure. like the complete opposite. Um, I always put it this way, like, uh, I'm as middle, my family was as middle class as it got. Like I just, I worked hard in school. Um, I was, I was never in trouble. I was never caught sneaking out late. Like, I don't know, I guess I was just a soft kid, but anyways, <laughs> so no, I, I went to Juco because again, I, I kind of looked at it as a calculated decision on how can I get some recruiting footage to, to end up where I want to be. And so, um, before I had met my wife, I always thought, like I'd probably go back to Mankato growing up there. Mankato State was always where we went to watch the Vikings. We watched the games. Um, I thought Division Two was something that was within reach of going to play, and so that was kind of my goal. But then things kind of changed when when I met my wife, and she was like, "Well, I'm going to go to the U regardless. So you better kind of shape up, or we're going to be going to different spots." And so 
Oddly enough, like my first email address ever was futuremngopher19 at, at Hotmail. No and way. And so I was like, well, if this is, I mean, if I set my sights to it, like we're going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a gopher and I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. And so, um, my, did you meet your wife in high school? Or high school. So, oh, okay. So high school, but we kind of realized that we're not just like a high school fling. Um, when we started getting into her senior year of high school and, and when I was in junior college, cause she's two years behind me. Oh, okay. And so, um, yeah, I mean, really when I kind of realized that, Hey, I've got enough footage, I've got enough connections, I guess. I mean, I could maybe make this thing happen and, and, and be a gopher. That's kind of what I told my, my coach sophomore year. I was like, Hey, I mean, it's, it's all or none with this one. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go to the U. Um, I already know I want to be a kinesiology major, kind of take that route. But I was like, I want to play football. And so he shook my hand and he said, all right, let's do it. And so it was, it was more so not for myself, but it was kind of Kenna already holding me to a higher standard. She's like, this is where I'm going to be. And if you want to, if you want to be with me um, and you want to be in the same school, this is where I'll be and, and uh, see if you can get in. And so again, I took that calculated risk at RSTC. So I want to get some footage, see if I could, if I could hang. And um, I mean, I got after my sophomore year, it was kind of a dead time in recruiting and things were looking not great as far as communication from, from the U of M. But sure enough, they said, hey, this is normal. Like you'll hear from them um, one way or another, like just stay, stay ready. And so I got we were actually in vacation, um, went to Puerto Rico and I was sitting in the in the pool area and I had my phone on me and I got a Facebook message from one of the recruiters who I'd talked to in the past and he goes, if you want to be a gopher, you just tell me right now. And I t- said, yep. No <laughs> so, so yeah, I got, uh, uh, he slid into the, the Facebook DMS with, uh, with, yes. with the roster spot, but no, he told me they were going to offer me a walk on spot. And, um, I wasn't promised a spot on the, on the fall, fall camp one Oh five. Um, but I mean, first day of summer I came in and, um, was part of the team and went from there. So that's so cool, man. And there's something to be said <laughs> about, just to having that external force of your wife now yeah. saying, "Hey, I'm going here." Yeah. Like here, and then you just set your sights on it. like, without that, you know, who knows? Like if that would have ever happened, or if you've even had the vision to get there. Right. And I just think that's so cool. It really brings people to another level. Right. No, she, she's done a very good job of indirectly motivating me to obviously do a whole lot more than I thought I could do. So again probably a smart decision to marry her but <laughs> yeah good for you man and congrats on that by I the way appreciate it yeah that's awesome so you got to the gophers i mean you were a junior at that point right? correct so i was technically a redshirt sophomore so i was a junior in school sophomore for football and my goal was basically redshirt the first year because i was going to get there late and then just kind of see what happened from there um and when i got there i mean it was one of those where I didn't look at it as a spot where I was going to go in and play right away because David Cobb, I mean, former NFL running back, Rodney Smith, has a, or he made a roster, he was an undrafted free agent um, that made his way onto the Panthers. And then Shannon Brooks, same type of deal. Like these are five star recruits out of Georgia. I mean, it's out of, of Texas. M. Like you're going in there and you, you're with the big dogs. Like nothing is given to you. And so I looked at it as an opportunity like, hey, no matter what, this is where I want to be. Now let's just maximize and, see what see what can come out of it and so yeah i want to i want to get into all that but i i do want to jump back to junior college for for anyone who's considering that because i took a year and i went to a prep school out in maine i went to britishan academy nice and yeah i was planning on going to colorado state um as a walk-on the preferred walk-on they're like you Mm -hmm. just need to get your grades up uh to get in and Mm -hmm. so then i left and played really well 
And while I was at the prep school, the whole coaching staff at Colorado State got fired. Oh, my God. So it was like I lost that opportunity. Then I came back and I had some good opportunities. But what the point was, it was a really great thing, I think, for me, learning and growing and be throwing into that where you get to play right away. Mm -hmm. But then you're also in this new environment of you have to compete and you still aren't in your four-year school. It was just awesome for me. So I just want to kind of know what your experience was like with that. I loved it. I mean, I I hated it a whole lot, but I loved it at the same time. It was just one of those where it's culture shock because you go from – Rochester, Minnesota, just a very average town as far as like John Marshall. We haven't won state since, or at a state birth since 2004. Um, again, it, it's one of those where people are pretty okay at being average now, and that's that's the frustrating part. But you go into RCTC, and they're nationally ranked every year. I mean, they haven't won, they haven't lost a game in God knows how long, um, a game that counted, I should say. But yeah, I got there, and you've got these guys that maybe had a division one offer but got in trouble um but again they're they're some of the best athletes that you could see but they might have just had a screw loose or um again just some trouble but anyways it was cool because i got to experience something that i never would have anticipated um yeah. just seeing a different a whole group of people from different walks of life have their different struggles but i pride myself on being able to connect with everybody um and that's kind of why i got into coaching but with these guys, they're just, it was such a unique experience where I just never would have thought I'd see f- fights from guys from St. Louis and Tampa, Florida, yes. and then a guy from like Lewiston, Minnesota, like just getting after each other day in and day out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that for me, you learn a lot about people. When I'm growing up in Minnetonka, most of the kids are the same. You know, yeah. We've all grown up in the same world. But when I went out to Maine, you get people from all over the world, different mm-hmm. backgrounds, with people with different problems, different issues. And you just learn, and I and you kind of start to get a sense of who's going to kind of be successful and right. who's not, and you know what kind of habits get you there, and the mental aspect of life. So, yeah, just being in that environment of people who need to be here for a reason, yeah. I think you kind of learn a lot from that. Yeah, you talk about adversity. I mean, these guys have faced it from from different walks of life. Like for myself, it's basically just like I had the potential to be at a four year school already, or uh, wh- whatever level it was. Like I could have went and and already been having the college experience, but it's as, I mean, it is not a glorious situation, but again, it's one of those where I don't want to say that it was a terrible time in my life, but it was two years where it could have been different, but I wouldn't trade it for the world, I guess. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So you get to the Gophers and mm-hmm. you, I mean, your ability in the weight room, I got to imagine helped you excel through that program yeah. and stuff. Uh, what type of things do you feel like you did well to just get yourself on the field and part of the team? The thing is, is I guess I, I took the, the physical development piece a lot more serious than other guys. And so regardless of the situation, I was always going to be available because I was never hurt. And whether that was obviously because of the lack of playing time that I had, but um, I, I took great pride in taking care of my body, um, whether that was obviously always trying to be strong, always eating well. I mean, for me, I, I developed really good relationships with the strength conditioning staff. So it was Coach Eric Klein at the time, then Coach Pearson, who's um, now at University of Akron, and then Dustin Perry, who's now uh, the head performance coach for the 49ers. So I had a, a great group of people um, that I got to have the best interactions with because I actually had more interactions with the strength coaches than I did with position coaches and everything because, again, I wasn't on the field. And so that was my, my, that was my dojo there. That was my, 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 my place to go. My, basically, my place of worship was the weight room and, mm. and being there because I, I was good at that. And 
I could control everything there. It was just effort, attitude, and what I was going to learn and pick up. And yeah, so I mean, the the ability, like I, I was always gifted, I was strong, I worked hard at it. But in order to kind of again really learn what training is, and and it's not just bodybuilding and and bicep curls and all that stuff, they really kind of shifted my perspective on it. But yeah, to like performance, performance, and movement, yeah. movement, performance, like it was always funny because they would always see you do stuff like on your own time. And then they'd walk up and be like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know we played on a, on a BOSU ball. I didn't know. I didn't know that was what the turf was made of or just make these little, these little jabs where you'd see something cool and you'd try it in there. But then they're like, what what kind of fluff is that? And so they'd always get you back down to earth and be like, Hey, let's focus on what we need to do and not uh, what you see other people doing. Right. And that's a big part of what you guys are doing now. Right. It, for sure. Yeah. Actually, what you're going to do is translating to what you need to do. 100%. And that's, again, the best part about my job is I can relate with all of these kids because I've been there where they want to be weight room warriors. And I think bigger, faster, stronger comes from lifting a bunch of weight um, and, and, and looking good. And I mean, at, to an extent, I mean, yeah, looking good, having more muscle is going to help you. You're going to be stronger. Um, you're going to have more confidence in yourself. But I mean, that's all going to come with time. And so... The performance aspect, it's kind of culture shock for a lot of these kids, but mm. the most rewarding thing is when they come in with with maybe having a vision of, okay, we're just going to squat, we're going to bench, we're going to deadlift, we're going to do this stuff, we're going to get super strong um, or whatever, but the best part is when they see it on the field and they're like, oh my God, I'm throwing down with two hands now on a, on a dunk what I, I couldn't even touch rim six months yes. ago. And it's like, I mean, yeah, you stick to the plane, you stick to the process, like focusing on your performance you're gonna look good if you're eating better you're gonna look good if you're consistently exercising and being active active um but it's that performance aspect where they can see their hard work um kind of show where it counts they don't care about the aesthetics and of the strength anymore when they see themselves doing better on the field that's i mean that's an incredible opportunity that these kids have now a mentorship program when i was in high school in minnetonka our strength mm-hmm. program was high intensity training Every set was three seconds down, super slow, <laughs> always on a machine. Yeah. And like to have what you're talking about, the specific, like what leaps and bounds yeah. over what I grew up with. And it's going to show dividends for that. For sure. But okay, I was in the gym the other day mm-hmm. and I threw on 350 pounds on a hex bar and I'm yeah. lifting it. And I thought I was the biggest dude ever. I mean, that's big <laughs> for me. I'm like, yes, I'm the man in here. Let's go. And I look at a video of you on Instagram and you're deadlifting 700 pounds. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's nasty. So I want to get into your powerlifting stuff at some point, but you basically you ha- you can lift a lot of heavy weight, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's a place for that. So where do you balance, you know, the back squat, the deadlift with these athletes and the other stuff? Yeah, I mean it's really just kind of the grassroots of training, like going back to what works, and I think right away that's going to be strength because you need to be you need to have a foundation, and we always put it this way: you're not going to build a house on sand, right? Mm-hmm. And so. It, it's one of those things where there's so many different training methods and, and things people follow, CrossFit, powerlifting, weightlifting, um, all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, what I need to do is I need to make sure people can can move well first. The strength is going to come over time. And it, and it's one of those things where people want to do things and be at the, the finish line within a week. And it's it's so hard to slow them down and have them realize like, Hey, you don't get to where maybe I am or where you are or where someone you saw on Instagram is within a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so 
I always like to slow things down, focus on the grassroots of being able to squat, being able to lunge, being able to sprint, just being able to do things with your own body without breaking. Mm. And then we'll get into the fun stuff or, or the more advanced stuff, whatever that might mean to you. I'm trying to slow people down faster than I'm trying to speed them up because, again, once you can hammer those things out, I mean, the rest just falls into place. And so I just want people to be able to move first. I want them to be able to sprint. I want them to be able to jump. Most of all, I want them to be able to land and cut. And that's so good. I mean, I know it sounds pretty simple, but no, it's like so important because I was injured most of my, especially in the latter half of my college career. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a lot of the base movement patterns that I've kind of shifted over time when I've learned about training more and and got myself around intelligent people to where I was always breaking down. Mm -hmm. So just building those foundations is so important. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is People want to get exotic before uh, before anything else. They see. Yes. I, I put it in the evaluation process when we talk to all the parents. I always say, in the world of instant gratification, I, I kind of want to get back to the to the process of things and falling in love with the journey of of trying to pursue your goals. And again, that doesn't happen overnight. Whatever progress you make in a week, it can be taken away and lost that quick. And so, yeah, again, it's one of those things. Those base movement patterns on just being able to function like a normal human without looking like you're going to break. Is, yes. is huge. So, yes. That's, yeah. Like you look at Zion Williamson walk mm-hmm. these days, just like the, yeah, the base thing, not wearing shoes in the weight room and yeah. actually using your feet yeah. and stuff like that. that. That's always a fun one is you always tell kids to take their shoes off and you have to give them the explanation of why. And they, again, they, they still don't really quite understand it, but you just say, hey, take your ultra boost off on this next set of squat and go, go barefoot. Tell me what you think. Mm. And they go, I feel so much stronger. I feel so much more stable. And they don't know what that means yet. Yeah. And so, but it's just one of those things where you teach them something new. And then over time, they kind of continue on with that. And again, without maybe understanding why they're doing it, um, that's something that comes with time, obviously. But again, it's just with those little things where like, oh man, this is such a huge difference. And if that confidence carries on to something else, just like foam rolling, if you like it, do it. Like yeah. whether or not it works or not. Um, if you get any sort of mental boost from that, let's go. Right. Absolutely, <laughs> dude. That's, yeah. And I think just like with the feet, like you go, like you were saying, mm-hmm. try it and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Like I had this one chiropractor, he, he had me sit and he, he said, do a lunge here. And I want you to just kind of put your foot there, feel your weight on your heel more. And then he said, all right, this time take your sock off and I want you to feel your toes mm-hmm. and try to grip the ground. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Just like, just focusing on gripping. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. I, I put it this way as kind of a side note, but <clears throat> I was having a conversation with one of my um, one of my families the other day, or, or no, it was with a I had a meeting with a physical therapist, and I had told her because we were talking about how many clients she sees and how often she sees them, and I told her back in my personal training days, um, it was probably bad business, but I told all my clients, I'm like, I don't want you to need me for the rest of your life. Like, obviously, I would love to work with you forever, but if you're relying on me for literally everything, I have not done my job. And so same thing like with the kids is like, yes, I'm going to be able to educate you and teach you every single time I see you and provide value to you. But I want you to be able to go in on a, into a weight room and see a squat rack and figure out something to do with it without me being like four sets of five, five second eccentric, go for it. Like, yeah. Yep. You got to create masters of their own being. Yes. Like that is what the best teachers do. For sure. Yep. That's, that's it, man. Um, what's your training like these days? I mean, obviously you've had the foundation, you've been doing this your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? Yeah. What does your training look like? So for me, I mean, again, I went when I was a young kid, um, when I got into the weight room, it was all about 
how can I get bigger? Like you see Arnold Schwarzenegger, you see all these Ronnie Coleman's. You're like, oh, this is this is the stuff. I need to get like them. And so you do a bunch of hypertrophy. You'll do legs and everything and, and just try and be as sore as possible the next day. But I'm in it for the long haul now. And again, the performance piece is cool because once you kind of understand training residuals and how often you need to maybe do a heavy back squat or whatever to maintain your strength and continue to progress. For me, I just, again, I'm more so of the, of the being a beta tester for what I put the kids through so I can A, relate to them and kind of understand like maybe this is what worked for me. It might work for you. It might not. And so I'll, I'll go four or five days a week of, of solid programmed work where I'll mix in sprints. I'll do jumps. I'll do compound movements. I'll kind of remove the fluff and yeah. um, just kind of get after it for an hour. But I've realized that I don't need seven days a week of two hours a day training to get where I need to be. Mm. And so that's why it's been huge. Like um, I know you know Austin Yoakum well, and, and Austin Yoakum was kind of a feeder to Jake Tura for me. And um, with hypertrophy clusters and vertical jump protocol, like those things were very in line with my philosophy of training, but mm. something that someone else programmed that I could do. Um, that was just fun. And so again, I don't need to go out and dunk a basketball, but if I, if I wanted to, I want to be able to know that I can. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, I like to have my training be something that's going to provide me with function so that if I want to do literally anything, I'll go out there and do it. Yeah. And it's a challenge, yeah, getting a new 100%. challenge of something to, to strive for. Cause 100%. I mean, like I said, you can deadlift 700 pounds. You've had powerlifting <laughs> background. So right. you, you've completed, I mean, you, it's not like you've been to the peak of all of it. You can right. always get better, but you've done a lot of these things right. to where new challenges are great. Yeah. And that was the thing with the powerlifting is, again, I never want to say I did it all. So I, I just moved on because I won central regionals in 2017. I was considered the number one junior powerlifter in Minnesota. However, I didn't go to nationals. I didn't win a national title. Like I did enough for me. And so I didn't need to program myself for more powerlifting when my body didn't necessarily feel great after every session anyways, mm. and just focus on squat, bench, deadlift. I knew there was so much more to it. Yeah. So the strength piece, I'll throw it in there, um, but I'll always basically, I guess, train strength, but I, I'll never test it. I did the 700-pound squat or deadlift on a complete whim. I was supposed to do, I think, like six or 12 sets of three or something. I think it was towards the end of hypertrophy clusters, but anyways... I got off track and I was like, it feels good today. Let's let's do one let's set of one. <laughs> yeah. So built up to a heavy. And again, if I want to do it, I'd shoot it. I, I didn't lose progress by going off track. Yeah. But yeah. And there's so much in that, but like, uh, like listening to your body on that day, like how yeah. beat up are you feeling? Like, the, sure, there's certain times the Jocko mindset where you just yeah. need to be tough and mentally yes. get through it because that there's so much to being a mule and just being able to perform when you're feeling hurt. Right. But also, like, if you're just going through your training program, listening to your body and being intuitive with how mm -hmm. you feel, I think there's a lot to that. Yeah, and with with how I train a lot of the kids, we do a lot of relative max work, I guess. You could say, like, a six-rep max because, again, maybe on day one of week one, that six-rep max is going to be different than week two of day one. And so instead of giving someone a percent saying do three sets of six at 75%, some people can do six quality reps that maybe they're projected one rep max that they might not even know. Mm. Um, and some kids might be able to do 12 of their projected one rep max at 75%. And so, again, it's one of those things where I always like to listen to the body. I always try and tell people, you might jump a 32-inch vertical on one day and a 29 on the other. And again, that's just listening to your body. And now we need to know where we need to go um, in our steps forward. Mm. And so I think that's huge is listening to your body and, and not looking at the numbers too hard because... It's like the stock market when you make progress in the weight room. It's up and down, it's up and down, it's up and down. But at the end of the, the six months, the 12 months, if 
we're on an upward slope where we did our job. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Can't look at the spice. That's with everything. Nutrition, the weight spice. Yes. You know, just follow the plan. Stay consistent with yes. it. Um, so like when you're when you're training and maybe you're doing a 75% or 60% of your mm-hmm. max, like I know for me growing up especially, and sometimes I just want to get the pump just to feel like I've done it or for like sure. going to, you know, almost failure all the time. Mm-hmm. But in a great program, we're not going to fail. We need to be able to consistently work right. out and train stuff. How do you portray that to the kids who just want to like always throw the most on the bar and get, get after it? Man, that's the toughest part is because like the young kids, if they sweat, if they're tired, you just made their day. And yeah. so like for them, again, with them, like we can put a perfect program together, but at the end of the day, they're not going to comprehend a lot of it as far as like what our, our shin angle needs to be on a, on a perfect start or of a sprint. And so yeah. again, as long as we're putting them through something they enjoy, they're going to get the most out of it. But our older kids, the ones that might be have more experience in the weight room and again, want to be the ones who are like, no, I need to do more. I need to do more. Like a great example is I have a kid who's playing for the um, national development team for hockey, the, the use, the U18 team. And he was, huge on after the, the the workout was done for the day he'd go pick up the plyo boxes and the hurdles and he'd start doing jumps and lands and and just very ballistic things which is a no-no at the end of a workout yeah and i'd have to tell him i'm like why are you doing this and i literally i <laughs> all the kids in the session get a kick out of it because i looked at him and i said you know what it's like talking to you and i went up and stared at the wall i put my face right against the wall this is like what it's like having a conversation with you because everything I say is is going nowhere. And I got on him a little bit because, again, I had to stress that more is not always better mm-hmm. um, or more is not always more weights, more repetitions, more exercise, more training. It's Maybe it's more focused on recovery. Maybe it's more focused on your nutrition. Maybe it's more focused on things that are going to help you at the end of the day, again, perform on the ice. Um, and, again, he... He didn't quite understand that your body's not going to be able to sustain seven days a week of two workouts a day, four training hours a day, because again, that's a recipe for disaster. And so the kids are, are, are tough and it's, it's just repetition, telling them over and over and over again and being on the same page with your coaches, making sure they're relaying the same information. So then again, if they're hearing it over and over and over, like hopefully it just clicks, but that's, that is tough. And that's one of those things where, like, I think that's where playing a bunch of different things is where you get that more out of it. Because if you are just doing always one thing more mm-hmm. and more and more, you don't maximize all the different capabilities. Where right. if you're just going around playing other games and mm-hmm. different sports and you're getting, you're picking up little things and your body's learning mm-hmm. how to move better. Yeah. You know, you were running around playing games outside all the time and right. your body's in all these weird positions. You're figuring it out. Yes. That, that just creates athletes, you right. know, athletic ability. 100%. So... It's going to be interesting to see how this stuff shakes out with all this, you know, specialized performance. Yeah, I, it's tough seeing like the kids that come in and they're 14 years old, but they're playing basketball year round when really they really enjoyed football, but their parents are like, well, if you want to play basketball, you need to only play basketball. I hate that. Mm. Like the, the benefits you get from being a multi-sport athlete, I mean, everyone knows and it's not. Um, a secret like the more sports you play you're going to expose yourself to different obviously energy systems and in different situations that your body has to adapt to but yeah the early specializ- specialization is tough because again you get a 14 year old kid who plays only basketball what are the odds at age 18 he hates basketball yeah. it's just like you're you're not going to know your motivation at that age but again if i run into a kid like that i'm going to support him to death and i'm gonna say hey absolutely be the best on the court 
But again, it's my job to obviously make sure he can handle being on the court that much. Yeah. And so, yeah. And that's where you connect with them and you're always going to help, you know, the person you're working with get to wherever they want to go. Your job right. is to help them. But I yeah. think, you know, having guys like you and Yoakum and people who are really understanding, you have a lot of other knowledge to offer that mm-hmm. in all the downtime of working out, you know, you can talk about life. Yeah. That's what I got a lot out of hanging out with Ryan so much. Yeah. It's like, he is sure. Oh, he's amazing what he did, but you know, there's so much else you learn from just hanging out with them. Right. The 100%. gym. 100%. Which is great. All right. So, uh, Talking about challenges, mm-hmm. you uh, you're doing a little squat tober right now. Did I see? Yeah, I am. What yes. is this? So Sorinex, which is a um, an equipment brand, basically like a fitness equipment brand, um, they always put out every year uh, a program called Squat Tober and Dead December. Mm. So based on squatting and deadlifting for an entire month, and so. I've done the squat everyday program. I've felt the knee pain after a squat everyday program, and I've done all that, but. Um, kind of knowing what I know now and knowing how to combat some of that stuff. It's just a fun challenge because again, like you had mentioned, um, when there, it's just something different, um, to your training. And I don't like to program for myself all the time. I love seeing what other coaches have to offer. Mm -hmm. I love having days when it's just random where I was scrolling through Instagram, saw a unique exercise like Vernon Griffith. I don't know how familiar you are with him, but he's kind of a, a mobility God. Like he's doing some stuff I would have never thought to do with a kettlebell in my hands. Mm. And so again, like I like to have days when it's just random, but with Squatober, yeah, it's just a, they call it the the world's largest bending of the knee party. <laughs> and so, so five days out of the week, you're, you're doing some sort of squat pro or workout. Um, I mean, you're benching, you're doing all compound lifts in it, but it's one of those where, you know, there's thousands of other strength coaches, athletes doing it um, throughout the world. And it's just something fun to be a part of. That's nasty. That's so much squats. How's your legs feeling? Oddly enough, I don't think you have enough time to to get sore from it because by the time like your body is just adapting to what it did, you're already back in your next squat workout. And so there, yeah, we had a, a day last week, I think it was 78 squats. And for myself, I'm a big proponent of, of quality reps, like a Cal Dietz approach where again, I, I'll do, I'd rather do more sets and lower reps mm. and get the quality out of the set as opposed to do a set of 12 to 15. But it's, it was like four sets of eight, three sets of seven, back to four sets of eight or something. Mm. And God, I haven't done volume like that in forever. So again, it was different. And it was probably just a sign from God to say, hey, <laughs> do something else. Let's go. Let's <laughs> yes. push it. And it's at like 70% max, isn't it? So it's a decent weight. On yeah. There. And so you're, I mean, it's certainly not light on some days, but yeah, whoever puts them together is a sick human being. And I hope he <laughs> listens to this, to this podcast and he knows it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So what's your nutrition like when you're training like this, especially when you're you know high volume? How much are you eating and what, what foods? So I'm a simpleton. I used to be real big into my, my fitness pal. I used mm. to track everything I ate. I used to be real big on macros. And at the end of the day, like for me, it's just become routine now um, where I prioritize whole foods. I prioritize protein. Um, again, I try and, I mean, uh, except for the the, cre- the Crater's popcorn. Have you have you been to Costco and had that? I that saw you post popcorn? that once, and I went in to get it. I literally, after yep. you saw it, I'm like, I'm getting this. And it was sold out in that little aspect of it. So, I mean, we could have a whole topic on that. But I pride myself on not eating a lot of sweets. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a sweet taster. I'd much rather something sour or bitter. Um, but for me, again, whole food approach to things, um, the more I used to work in the supplement industry for six years, slinging supplements at GNC and the more, uh, the older I get and the smarter I get, 
I would take a protein shake, a creatine monohydrate, and multivitamin, and that's all. But mm. anyways, back to the nutrition. But the popcorn. Eat, hold on, that popcorn? I, yes, is, that popcorn. <laughs> I eat probably the same thing every day. Same breakfast, eggs, oatmeal, like an egg scramble, oatmeal. Um, lunch, again, I'll... I'll try and make food for the week, whether it's chicken, beef, rice, vegetables. Like, mm. I'm very simple. Okay. Um, but, man, that creator's popcorn. I'll come home from a long day at work. I'll have dinner, and I will literally sit there for a half hour until my hands are an inch thick. And just <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all that. Like, I hate caramel corn. I hate cheddar popcorn. But you put them together, two negatives make a positive. Let's go. And I just become a 10-year-old all over again. Isn't there something, though, to just after a long day, just having one of those treats and just, like, oh. enjoying, like, a sports game or something? Yeah, and, uh, God, I don't know what it is. I think it's just, my again, back to my wife telling me to stop taking things so seriously where I, I, I'll have literally half a bag of popcorn and just tell myself it's fine. Like, I'm not going to beat myself up over it, but I'm consistent enough to the point where, for me, I eat the same thing every day. I eat enough. Um, I don't have aspirations to bulk or to cut. Like, it's just, again, consistency yields results. And for me, I'm consistent with what I eat. I feel good. I'll mm. make adjustments on days when I'm super active. I'll stuff my face. On days when I'm sitting in a chair and doing nothing and watching football, I'll try not to eat like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How many calories do you think you're eating? Three plus. Three I mean, plus. for me, I'm I'm 5'10 and some change. We can round up and make it sound like 5'11. It's not a small guy. <laughs> no, two, two, about 200 pounds between 200 and 202. And so for me... Um, I've done the indirect calorimetry where they say my my BMR or my um, resting metabolic rate is about 2,500 calories. And um, I mean, I'll say between on an average day, I'm between 32 and 35,000 mm. or 3,500 3, yep. calories a day. Yep. Yeah, that's a good chunk of calories for sure. Yeah. I think it's good, though. Everyone should track. Like you said, you were into it for right. so long and everyone should just do it for a little bit. It's such great knowledge. And, 100%. And you just learn about foods and stuff you eat. And Yeah, all of our kids, they have access to our, our nutrition app through our business. And again, it's one of those things where I tell them, use it to the magnitude that you want. It's a great resource on maybe you have a question on what you should eat before, during, after a workout. It's going to give you that information. Maybe there's a healthy alternative food list we have on there or you don't know if you go to a grocery store or you tell mom and dad what you want to eat throughout the week, that's a good resource. I don't expect you to put down eight ounces of chicken breast, one cup of brown rice, and then a cup of broccoli on, yeah. and do that every day because you'll do it for two days and you'll get sick of it. But again, it's a great resource to know what you're putting into your body. Yeah, people just go on these diets. They just cut everything out. It's like, come on. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is just I'm a big proponent or uh, a promoter of just using common sense. And it's like if you need to put on weight, eat more. If you're eating too much, eat less or just focus on what you're eating. Because again, a lot of the time when you take out the garbage, you take out the Mountain Dew, like you're putting yourself right back at the baseline where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, just cutting out the garbage is probably the key for most people. But I mean, I'm a nutrition guy too. And what I've learned through a lot of these nutrition certifications Mm -hmm. and just studying the stuff is like... The supplement industry is so funny, yes. and I know, I know when people get started, they're like, okay, what supplements do I need? They're like, okay, yeah, so what do I need? And they go to GNT, <laughs> the all right, which question. ones do I need? Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I'm about to spend $100, which, which, yep. where should I allocate my money? I'm like, yep. all right, you know, we should probably have some fish oil. If you're not mm-hmm. getting sun, get some D3, but yep. the multivitamin, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yep. Get some high-quality protein. Yes. <laughs> they like, there's all these different things. Exactly. C, D, E, F, G. It's like, people, oh, my gosh. People just automatically assume they're doing exactly what they need to do, but the supplement's going to fix it. And yeah. it's just, 
uh, working at, like I said, at GNC, I pride myself on, on not being a salesman, but being someone who's going to tell you what you need and what you don't need. Um, again, I was probably bad for business, but people would come in and they're like, what's the best fat loss um, supplement? I'm like, trying to tell myself, don't tell them it's not in here because there isn't one. Calorie deficit. Calorie deficit. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Just move your body. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got it. The supplement stuff is just so funny because people just go right to it because on paper it's a quick fix. Mm-hmm. And really, it's, it's never going to do what you want it to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they just think they can optimize it. And if you don't know, maybe you think, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Most people don't know that calorie deficit is a key to fat 100%. loss. So they're like, okay, well, how can I do this fat loss thing? 100%. What, what's the best way to do it? So yeah, that's a tough industry, man. It's, <laughs> it really is. Fit tea, baby. Fit tea. Mix it up, lose 10 pounds tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, guys, just uh, try to eat healthy, get in a calorie deficit and fill in a gap with a multivitamin. But yeah, you can imagine. It's uh, eating real food and, and eating quality food sources does does a lot for your body. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in fruits and vegetables. Yes, though. it's weird. <laughs> all right. Um, so, dude, there's so much with health and training. We could talk all day. And 100%. I, I could yeah. learn so much from you. But you're a leader. You're leading mm-hmm. these people. And, I, I mean, I can just tell you're a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of mindset do you bring or what traits do you try to you know emulate in that as you go? Man, I mean consistency 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 is what i always come back to but i mean really it's what you do over a long period of time that's going to get you where you need to be and so the most frustrating thing in the world is when people think that you can do something for a short period of time and get where you need to be and and then it's going to stay that way forever but one of my favorite things i've learned from andy frisella who's the mf ceo the real af podcast another Mm -hmm. one of my favorites is he he just kind of like cuts through the bullshit and he tells you like in life there's it's going to be very monotonous and it's how you react to that it's how you master the monotony that's gonna again set you apart from other people and so really what it comes down to is for me I mean I just the the thing about myself is I'll never stop doing what I'm doing I'll never stop trying to become better I'll never stop um again in my training I might do the same workout I did the week before, but I'm going to do it better. Mm. And I'm never going to stop trying to be better than I was the day before. And I think doing that and having that mindset and being ready to wake up every day, boots on the ground and and attack that is just kind of how I've always lived my life after I kind of started to figure some things out. And, um, and yeah. And so I think that's just, just been super huge for me. And again, that's what I try to portray to other people is you need to take this work ethic that you have today and do it again tomorrow. And you need to do it at home. You need to be a family member. You need to do it at work. When you're a coworker, you need to do it on the football field when you're a teammate. And again, it's 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 bigger than sport. It's bigger than everything. It's it's life skills that um, that I've found to be super valuable. Thinking of it that way, I should say. Yeah, man, consistency. It really is everything. That's something I didn't have growing up. It was just mm-hmm. always, you know, performed really well sometimes, and then yeah. you were hurt or you weren't doing well, and you just, I didn't put in the consistent work, and I think that is such a valuable yeah. piece, man. I don't know. I just in the in the world we live in, um, again, especially during the times right now and with COVID and everything, it's really, it's brought out the 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 true side of people. I feel um, where again, when you when you face adversity and you face times that are tough. Like, how are you going to react to it? And Mm -hmm. so for me, like, again, it sucked not being able to see my kids um, every single day at the gym because we had to shut down. But again, we we adapted. We we reached out to them. We provided value to them and and showed that we're not just a place 
And I'm not just a person that is going to see you for an hour a day and leave it at that and have you go home and do your thing. Like I want to, I want to be a person in your life that you can always rely on. And so I don't know. It's been it's been a super interesting time over these last few months, and and all the adversities you faced. Obviously, getting married through COVID, and and having um, family, and that you're not able to see, and it's one of those where it can make or break you. And again, I I value or I pride myself on just whatever life throws at me, I'm going to dominate it, and um, just do what I can to get through and bring those along with me, and and. Yeah, man. Adapt. You yeah, got to do it, and you're and overcome, doing that baby. right now. You guys are growing, and I love it. Hey, let's go. Hey, uh, I, I have to ask you, too, yes. a quick recovery. You talked about that a few times, mm-hmm. and we didn't get back to that, but what is recovery? Because foam rolling, you know, I use the Hypervolt, the mm-hmm. massage deep. Mm-hmm. I'm a, every two weeks, I get a deep tissue massage. Yes. It's just mind-blowing for me. Mm-hmm. What What is recovery for you? Recovery first is um, using the best supplement that you could ever use, and that is sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I try and emphasize that to obviously myself um, because, again, these days get long. And when I get home, I want to spend time with, with Kenna and with um, just with family. Um, and I'll, I'll sacrifice an hour of sleep to do that. But when you're an athlete and you're performing, sleep is huge and that's key. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, now you look at the hypervolt. Now you look at foam rolling. Now you look at a TENS unit. You can look at research and you're going to find things that say things work and you're going to find things that say it's not significant. Um, it might help you a little bit, but not enough to, to buy a $600 Hypervolt. Right. Um, however, at the end of the day, I think whatever you think is working for you, whatever gets you feeling better the next day, do it. Mm. Like I watched a seminar and the, the strength coach for the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles had said he has a weight room full of foam rollers because there are guys in there that absolutely love it. And he's not going to be the person to go up and say, oh, well, read the research. It doesn't do anything for you. Right. Like if they like it and it gives them a positive mindset or positive um, state of mind and they think they're doing something and they're they're finding perceived benefit from it, do it. Mm. But again, for me, recovery is taking care of your body through proper nutrition, mm. um, smart training, not trying to kill yourself seven days a week, um, allowing your body to re- adapt and, and compensate for the stress it's put through and Again, if you have access to um, Normatec boots, if you have, um, yeah, yeah Normatec's what they're called, right? Those big-ass boots you put on your legs. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you have access to those, I know a lot of the guys on the team when I played loved those. If you have access to those, if you have access to a Hypervolt, if you have access to a great masseuse, utilize that. Mm. And so, again, anything that you do that's just on top of, um, I mean, that's just a little bit extra and you, and you get perceived benefit from it, do it. Yep, love it, man. And sleep. Eight to nine hours, man. Yeah. The most powerful resource. Yes. Without a question. If you're not sleeping, if you're staring at your phone all night and you're not going yes. through your sleep cycles, man, use them. Come on. Yes. And that's something I don't think, I think you could preach all day, but to a 16 year old um, high school girl or a high school boy, like you'll tell it to them, it'll go right over the top and they're not going to listen. But again, one of those things where if you can consistently <laughs> tell them over and over and over again, they might, it might click, but yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and the blue light blocking glasses has helped me a lot. Like yeah, I've got a cheap pair, but I mean, again, I, I wear them all the time. So. Yeah. It's yeah. like as soon as the sun goes down six, seven o'clock, they're on. And yeah. I think it does make a difference, but yeah. Anyway. Um, all right, Jake, dude, appreciate you coming here, man. I really do. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. 100%. Seriously. And the, the path you've chosen and the method that, or the message that you're putting out on social media and the, just the vibe you're giving to people. It's so important and we yeah. need more of it. So I just want to say I'm grateful for it, man. And, Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm grateful for you, man. I love what you're doing with the podcast. And again, same thing, social media presence, what you put out in the world. And again, I, I think there's just a lot of 
especially during these times, the election coming up and everything, it just brought out the worst in people. Mm. I'm trying to not be that. I'm trying to be someone who, again, is going to is gonna put a smile on your face and, and make your day as opposed to give you something else to, to hate me about or to have an opinion on. It's just, man, life is too short to just be pissed off all the time and, and to hate people. And man, I just, I try and spread love to, to my kids and to my people and, and my family. And again, being able to chop it up with people like you who, who believe in that. It's always nice. It's always good. Yeah, man. It's really, it's really great connecting. It's important. Absolutely. All right, man. Last question. It's uh, you're down the road. Yeah. You know, you built up your big training business. You yeah, yeah. kind of got this huge, whatever you wanted to do, you've kind of fulfilled your mission and mm-hmm. your purpose. And you have your, you know, your kids, maybe they're mm-hmm. just growing up, say they're 11, 12, or uh, you have young kids you're training. And for whatever reason, you only get to tell them a few things. You mm-hmm. only get to tell them three things, you know, to live, help them live like more of lifestyle, happy, healthy, fulfilled, mm-hmm. you know. What are your three life lessons? Yeah, when you shot those over, just kind of, that was the big question that I mulled over for a while. Um, because again, I don't have kids. I'm 26. Um, I'd, I'd love to have kids. I want a house full of kids. And my, in my vows, I had told Ken, I said, um, I promise that when we have a house full of kids, they're going to know to love, cherish, and adore their mother just like their father does. And so mm-hmm. um, the thing I thought about the most is there's a lot that I obviously want to tell them and there's a, a great example I want to show them but if I could narrow it down to three things just first thing is work hard I mean it doesn't matter what you're doing if you're doing homework if you're doing um, if you're obviously training if you're doing whatever it is work hard at it because again it's the vision you or the yeah the vision you have on on different things and opportunities in life like you're gonna make yourself miserable if you just look at everything as a task or a chore. But if you're if you're doing homework and you have an opportunity to learn, view it as something like that. Work hard at it. Be a master of it. Mm-hmm. Like if you're reading about something that you have absolutely no interest in, like you could pull something out of it regardless. So work hard at it. But anyways, think hard work. Um, you're always gonna be satisfied with the result of something if you know you worked hard at it. And I think you can't downplay the importance of hard work. And so I think that's one thing for sure. The second thing um, is just be tough. And that's not physical. Like, obviously, if you get tackled on a football field, stand up. Don't let them carry you off. Yes. Um, but the world is a, ter- is a is a hard place for people. And, again, the, the strong do survive. But I think just being resilient, being tough, and being able to stay neutral in times of good and bad is, is going to, again, pay off in the long run. Because for myself, like, I, I got a tattoo, like, on my, on my sleeve tattoo, I, I got a tattoo of Hercules for to signify strength. And again, that's it's one of those things where, again, for myself, I found, I found a career in strength and strength conditioning. I've, um, but at the same time, like I really value, um, just, just emotional strength, spiritual strength. Um, I mean, all that sort of stuff and toughness and resilience and the world throws a lot at you. And again, you gotta be tough to survive in it and, and make an impact in it. And, um, don't be fragile. Yeah. Don't be fragile. And that's God, I need to read anti-fragile. I keep hearing it over right and over, over there. And over it's again. awesome. God, I need to read that. Especially in today's world. Yes. There's just so much. And I hate saying it. Well, I don't, but there's so much, there's so much softness in the world. Like, and again, that's another podcast we can sit down and talk about, but so um, work hard. You know, be tough. What's your number three? Yeah, number three, um, it just spread love. I mean, I don't mean that like in a corny sense, but again, you're going to meet a lot of people in your life and you're going to have, you're going to be able to make an impression and make an impact on them one way or another. 
And you don't want to be the one who is known as the arrogant jerk or the one who treated someone poorly. And so that now limited another connection from happening because that's what's being spread. And so for me, I mean, again, I, I made an Instagram post on this probably a couple months ago and I told them or I told my athletes, I geared it toward them and I said, I'm going to do a lot of things in your life and that's going to include making you angry, making you upset, pissing you off, um, holding you to a high standard, making you plank when you're late. But at the end of the day, I'm going to I'm going to basically just do absolutely anything for you. I'm going to be the first person to support you. I'm going to go to your games. I'm going to, um, I mean, I'm always going to be in your corner. And so the thing of it is just spreading love. And I think there's not enough of that. And um, say what you want about the world being soft and whatnot and, and people sucking. But if you can love absolutely anybody, whether it's your enemy, um, whether it's your best friend, if it's your wife, if it's your parents, like I think that's just huge. And and again, I, as a coach, that's my responsibility is to is to instill that in people and 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 regardless of how they think of me at the end of the day if I know I've done everything to, to show them love and do what I can to provide for them um, I mean again that's that's something I think everyone should should strive for so it's an honor Jake Kirsch man appreciate you brother yeah, I appreciate Woo! you That is a wrap, my friends. Uh, thank you so much to Jake Kirsch for spending his time here. Um, everyone go follow him. It's Jake Kirsch on Instagram. Uh, go check him out. You guys, he's taking all my stuff. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Have an amazing day. Let's keep working. Let's keep getting it. If there's anything you can take away from Jake, that the dude is getting after it. So have an amazing day. Let's go. You're getting into golf now, huh? Yes and no. So yeah. I got, I told myself a couple of years ago, I'm like, well, obviously life's getting busy. However, my downtime, I don't want to just spend inside and do nothing. I'm like, I need to get outside. Golf is a life skill. Everyone I know golfs and they golf better than me. And so, yeah, no, I, I like it. Just It's the personal challenge thing too. Like I don't take it too seriously. Normally, like again, I'm super competitive. I hate losing when I was younger video games, anything like if I lost, it was the rest of the day was ruined. <laughs> but like golf, if I get smashed, like Trevor went one over yesterday and he hasn't swung a club in since June, nice. like he's insane. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get in there and I don't take myself too seriously, but I'm not the type that's going to like hit it into the end of the weeds and, and then see if anyone's looking and then put it out and, and then give myself a better shot. Like the foot wedge. Yeah, I, I got myself there. I got to get myself out. <laughs> so I love it, man. And it is unique in that way to where like our whole lives playing football, you learn mm -hmm. competitive edge, you know, how can you get what advantage? What can you yeah. do? Like, can you do this in the trenches to get an advantage? Yes. But golf's so gentleman to where like, there's none of that. Like yeah. you have to be as honest and genuine. It's so different. Uh, I, I hate it because you can't hype yourself up and be like, all right, I'm going to go mash this thing. And like, oh, I'm going to dominate this shot. It's like, you can tell yourself that, but you can't like hype yourself up and go and, and, and I don't know, get the, get that adrenaline rush going. Yeah. You have to focus. So Dude, it's really hard though when you're playing in tournaments and it's yeah. going bad, mm -hmm. like you can't try harder. You no. can't hustle harder. No. You can't, you know what I mean? <laughs> you have to be as neutral as possible. Yeah. Oh God. It's, it's the hardest battle. part.